Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's got the four. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923. And enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And we, of course, have Rick Swan, our normal, our other host that is here, too. He's with us, our host to be named later. But welcome into the show uh, for this Tuesday afternoon. It is May 10th, 2022, show number 194. Now, before we get to the agenda today, we are going to toss to Bill because he is going to make an announcement. Oh, it's a very simple announcement. You're invited to a party, and that party happens to be on May 16th at 1 o'clock Eastern. That's 12 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Pacific time. And we're going to have a legend anniversary party. The legend is turning 17. So we're going to have a couple hours of just fun. Request, fun, whatever you want to call it, we're going to do it. And there will be some tidbits about things coming up on the legend. Maybe there will be a new promo for Sports Lounge. I don't know. So you'll have to stay tuned and listen. So Legend can finally go to rated R movies now. Yeah. On Monday. Maybe the legend will go country again. Maybe. <laughs> right. We tried it and it yeah. failed. So we'll turn it over to Chris now. Whatever. Before I fail. Okay. So that's Monday that's Monday afternoon, one one to three uh Eastern and, and you can figure out the times on that's Monday for the, those who uh, didn't know the when the sixteenth was. So yeah, so we got our agenda here. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> for this May tenth. May tenth is a <laughs> it's a funny day because we it's 52 years ago the Bruins won their first Stanley Cup and, and Rick's in my lifetime in, in 1970 but in 1979 they had the too many men on the ice penalty and they lost to Montreal when they were ahead by a goal with about two minutes to go and they lost the series in the seventh game up in Montreal so we've had mixed bags on the 10th of May but anyway the agenda of course we're going to go through our panel we're going to talk about the race uh, the Kentucky Derby quite a quite a shock one of the biggest upsets in all time we have the NBA postseason rolling along and getting very interesting in the NHL as well. Same thing. We're going to do uh, baseball. We're going to do the NFL. We're going to do college sports. And then we're going to do some um, boxing and NASCAR. Robert will talk about them during his panel. But on my panel, I just have to talk about you know, we, we we don't know what we're going to get here. Are we going to get feast? Are we going to get famine? Are we going to get two wins from the Bruins who are tied 2-2 two to two with Carolina and the Celtics who are tied 2-2 two to two to, with Milwaukee? Are we going to get two losses or are we going to get one win and one loss? We don't know. And it's just 
all going to be settled by Sunday. Ask me Sunday at 3.30, 4 o'clock. I'll know because uh, this is all going to be settled in the next uh, five days. It's amazing. We have had Rick ran, ran down it, I think, uh, all the playoff games, and they've not played at all at all on the same day. This has been perfect. So uh, one night is Bruins night, next night Celtics, next night Bruins, next night Celtics. And uh, there have been some really great games. The Bruins came back from nowhere in the Carolina series. The Celtics, uh, I had a feeling they might win that game because on Saturday they lost by two points with Tatum only getting 10 points and Giannis getting 42. And uh, you you knew Tatum would come back and you knew Giannis wouldn't be quite as good, so they were able to do that. So of the two, I'm more confident in the Celtics. I just don't know about... The home ice, with, with although they put in Swayman now, the Bruins have, and that's uh, certainly stabilized things. And I recommended that at the beginning of the season. And they, you know, got in the two zero oh, and two hole. And he's not been spectacular, but he's been making the saves he's supposed to make. But they're going to be, uh, you know, the matchups will now go over to Carolina on home ice. The Celtics, on the other hand, I, I think if you look at the games, I think they're without Chris Middleton, and that's a big loss for the Bucks. I think they're the better team. I think they will win the series. Bruins, I'm not sure. I'm not saying they won't. They certainly can, but uh, uh, that, that's the way I feel about it. So I'm, I'm imagining my panel is going to be a little bit, uh, my, Rick's will be a little like, bit like mine. So here is Rick Swan. Yeah, actually, be a lot like yours. <laughs> um, I'm a little more, a little more confident in the Celtics too, because I, like Bruins are going to Carolina tonight without their top two defensemen, McAvoy and Lindholm, and they they didn't have them Sunday, and I don't know how they won that game. But going into Carolina without them, that's pretty tough. Now I think Lindholm came close, so I think he may be back Thursday. McAvoy's still going through COVID protocol, so who knows? So, I mean, if they lose tonight and they get them back Thursday, then you know who knows? We could go seven and win this. But I have a little more confidence in the Celtics. The um, the NHL playoffs have fascinated me this year because not in a good way. Um, we mentioned it last last week, but we only had four games to go on by then. It's the games are the big, you know, big margins of win for NHL playoffs. Usually they're tight, very close, and we're not getting it this year. It's a, a couple exceptions. You know, the Pittsburgh Rangers first game went three overtimes, and I don't really know why, except for I don't know what you think, Robert, but I, I, I've noticed in watching the Bruins, not watching a whole a lot of other series, that usually in the playoffs the referees get get a lot tighter. They don't call as much. Well, in the Bruins series, they've been calling a lot, uh, and I, that's going around league wide, Rick. Yeah. obviously the NFL. The NHL has told the officials, uh, don't put your whistles in the pocket. You be sure to call penalties. And we're seeing a lot more power play goals throughout the playoffs, and uh, that's why you're getting a lot of blowouts. I mean, the Rangers goaltender uh, uh, has been lit up like a Christmas tree the last two games, and he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. He's up for the Vezina Trophy, but you wouldn't know it by the last two games the Rangers have played. So. Yeah, I know. He's, he's probably going to win it, and and in the last three periods, he's given up 11 goals. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's the only reason I could figure that, that you know, that why we're not having the, as close a game. Um, that's about all I have. I, I did want to say to Perry before I turn it over to him at, at the beginning of the show, he said we, we, that I was also here, or one of the normal panelists, and not many people call me normal, so I appreciate that. <laughs> no, Perry. they don't. They don't. I can vouch for that. <laughs> Go ahead, Perry. <laughs> Well, I know, I know, Rick. Nobody calls me normal either, so that that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, here's my hockey question uh, to to our hockey fans: the teams tend to be in the playoffs pulling the goalies earlier this year. I understand doing it in a one goal game, like with a minute or a minute and a half to go. Yeah, but they're doing it with three or four minutes to go, and I think in some ways that's causing some of the blowouts too. Well, uh, Patrick Waugh started that when he was the coach of the Colorado Avalanche several years ago where he kept pulling his goaltender out with three or four minutes to go and 
uh, you know, his team had so many goal scorers that worked out for him, and other teams have copied that since he's no longer coach. And sometimes and it's good, sometimes it's not. It very seldom works, it seems like. But last night it did work for it Florida. It did work they last night, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they pulled the goaltender with like three and a half minutes left, and they scored the tying goal a minute later. There used so. to be a rule, and Rick will remember this. They'd say one minute to go in the in the period, and that would be when the goalie would come out only in a one goal game. I don't yeah, think they yeah. even pulled them in two goal games. So yeah, back in well, the day. Well, and of course, and of course, the series the series that I'm paying attention to, Blues and Wild. I I have a feeling that is headed to a seven game finish. I yep. just get that feeling that it is. But, Rick asked uh, me a silly. Rick asked me a silly question. Yeah, we're going to get together on Saturday. He says, "What time do you think the Bruins uh, Carolina <laughs> game will be on Saturday for the seventh game?" I said, "There could be four of them. How do I know what they're going to do?" Well, that's, by, I the mean, way, speaking, yeah. by the way, speaking of scores, the Tigers won the first game six to nothing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the games have not been real competitive, but the series are. I mean, you know, yeah. except for the right. Pittsburgh and Colorado game, they're all two to two. So, I mean, yeah. But it is hot it's here. We've gone Nashville. from. We've gone from winter to summer. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was saying, gosh, it's in the 40s and cold and everything. Well, we've gone straight to summer. It's in the 90s today, and the humidity is very high. So we have hit summertime very quickly here in the Midwest. The I-Cubs are at home, so you would expect there to be a lot of home runs in the series this week with the Omaha Storm Chasers. But uh, let's go over to Bill now and see what's up in Indiana. Bill, do you guys have all the criminals off the streets now? We're we're working on it. But (laughs) if if they're not on the street, they're murdering each other in Indianapolis. And for for those who didn't know, what we're talking about is the Alabama fugitives uh, were caught yesterday in Evansville, Indiana. The female corrections officer shot herself. The male... Uh, fugitive today waived his extradition, so he's headed back to Alabama. That's what we were talking about with criminals. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, yeah and so uh, outside of that, Nevinsville has enough trouble. They can't even get a basketball coach. Um, <laughs> so anyway, been doing a lot of listening. You know, I figured why are the Reds so bad? So I've had my mission over the weekend to listen to them, and I, I kind of see why now, because they're just throwing in any player or anybody, anybody that can almost breathe is going to play. When you've got, what's the guy's name from the Cubs? Albert Albert Almora. When he's your, one of your stars, you know, you know you're in real trouble. But now Mustakas is headed to the shelf. For how long this time? He's uh, it's the ten day, but they think it'll be a little longer than that. He's he's hurt. He's been hurt two or three times this year. Uh, what a you know they talk about waste. They're paying him what sixty four million. I don't know over yeah, four they're years. They're paying quite a bit. For, the one for, I feel sorry for on the Reds is Joey Votto. You know, but he's okay. been out. And you don't know why he's out. Maybe it's COVID or whatever, but you've heard nothing for him for maybe a week to 10 days. And I'm looking for him to ask for a trade or just to get out of there. I mean, why would you want to stay? There's no future for you except for $25 million a year that he's making. I guess maybe I'd put up with it too. But that's been about it. Uh, watching some, of course, the Kentucky Derby, and of course, oh, there's something I discovered, and we'll be talking more about this. 
But I found a new app. I heard about it and went and got it for my phone, and it's called Cloud Radio. Wow, what a radio app. And this radio app, not only can I listen to stations, but I can record up to five of them at a time and schedule the recording. So that would be good for all things radio. But that's only possible. Cloud radio like C-L-O-U-D radio? Right. But you're going to be a little disappointed. It's for the iPhone and for Android. Android gets the unlocked version or the version with the recording. iPhone does not because Apple doesn't allow that type of recording. But it's nice to be able to put those on your SD card or your car or, you know, your your drive and, and save those particular type of files. But it was cheap enough. It was $6.49 it cost me for that app for a lifetime. So it has oh, 90,000 wow. stations. So but, if I want to be able to record, I'm going to have to find me an Android phone to be able to. Well, maybe not an Android phone, but what you might find you is a cheap Android tablet. And you can pick those up very reasonably at Walmart or any of your favorite department stores or someplace like that. Very reasonably. And they do and they do work okay with voice. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, we'll, we, for those who want to hear more about that bill, I would say what they can tune in on Thursday, and maybe we'll talk more about we'll that, that particular. But it is—it's going to be a compelling and a very interesting because it provides some content for us. So, just thought you might want to know that, and that's all I've got now. Robert, he has all the things about probably boxing and yep. horse racing and uh, no, uh, NASCAR and uh, boxing. So I'm, I'm always a, I'm always in I'm awe gonna, of Robert. I'm, I'm going to cover wheels oh. and gloves. <laughs> oh. I was going to give you a compliment, Robert, before you started. Okay. I'm right, always in awe of Robert's knowledge. So take it away, Robert. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Bill. First of all, NASCAR, I can't give you too many details. I can tell you that Joey Logano won the race, and he broke a 40-race losing streak, and his first win ever at Darlington Raceway. So um, so he won the race on Sunday. And for Saturday night, and uh, the, first day, the first Saturday in May is always very interesting. You always have the Kentucky Derby. You have, uh, you know, important... Uh, baseball games and stuff like that and then then Saturday night you have a big fight. Well, we had a big fight and we had a major upset in the sport of boxing. For those for the casuals they're going to think it was an upset, but I know this guy and I don't consider it an upset. Canelo Alvarez, who has previously been a uh, light heavyweight champion, moved back up to light heavyweight and competed for the WBA title and Dmitry Bivol from Russia and a lot of people criticize Canelo for accepting a fight with a Russian fighter. You're not supposed to fight Russians. They're, they're you know, destroying Ukraine. Well, uh, Dmitry Bivald won a unanimous decision and beat Canelo, and it was, it's his first loss in nine years. And now uh, Canelo has exercised his rematch clause, and Dmitry Bivald said, okay, you want to go after my title? I'm going to drop down and wait. 
and I'm going to go to 168 pounds and try to take all four of your titles. Since you said you couldn't take mine, I'm going to take all four of yours. Even to those Russians, they're greedy. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, believe me, he's a talented boxer, which not very many people know about. He's 20 and 0 with 11 knockouts. Extremely defensive. He doesn't knock out a lot of people, but uh, Canelo has bitten off a little more than he can choose at times. So. Uh, good luck, and that that fight will probably take place in December. So, I mean, not December, uh, September. I'm sorry. On, on Mexican, Mexican Independence Day, probably yeah. on the 16th. Uh, uh, on, the, on, on the weekend, yeah, on the 17th. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. that's all I've got. Let's go to Texas. Speaking of Mexican, just like <laughs> California. Well, I'm not Mexican. I'm what? I'm Anglo, but no, I, have, Mex- I have friends Mex- Mex- Mexican food, American. you know, whatever. No, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about all the border problems and stuff like that, Sean. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Here's our border right, patrol well, man, Sean. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, if you want to call it, if you want to contact us any time throughout the week and complain about any of our comments as we have sensitivity <laughs> training here, <laughs> you can email us at sportsnimes at allthingsradio.net or 800-693-0595, option 2, or 773-572-7715. Hit pound keys, or you can stay and listen to my wrestling line shooting up with Sean, where I'm just covering random wrestling stories on this update. So, yeah. But anyway, speaking of random stories, Dick Vitale, he's going to get the Jimmy V uh, Inspiration Award this year at the ESPYs. You know, there's been controversy. Remember the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing about the interview and all the way through the interview, give me the award. But there's no controversy with Dickie V getting this award. Uh, they're making a movie about Donald Sterling. Yes. And I don't know when it's coming out, but I think it's going to be on FX when it does. And guess who's going to play Donald Sterling? Now, Ed O'Neill. <laughs> Ed O'Neill's going to play married Donald Sterling. <laughs> yes. Al Bundy, Married with Children, yeah. Jay oh, Pritchett. Yeah, okay. uh, from, yeah. Al, uh, yeah. Ed o, now, I don't know. He was the likable guy on both those shows, on Modern Family. and there's, but, I mean, they can have Katie Seagal play the wife, and then they can have Sophia. They can do that and then have Sophia, Sophia Vergara from Modern Family come in and play the silly rabbit girl, or they're going to have Big Magic Johnson make an appearance. I don't know what's going to go. But a Donald Sterling movie with Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy playing Donald Sterling. I don't know. but And the other news, real quick, before we get into stuff, they put, CBS Sports put out a, you know, a survey about what people thought about if the NFL would expand, where do you think they should go? And, of course, you had the obvious, the San Antonio, Austin area, St. Louis, San Diego, Toronto, Mexico City, London, Orlando, you know that. But the mayor of Dallas, Eric Johnson, <laughs> he says, Dallas, needs to be the next city to get an expansion team. And he put it out, he's saying, because we're about to, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is about to pass Chicago as the third largest metropolitan area. We're going to have, we have over 6 million people between the two counties and all the surrounding, you know, Dallas is the, the third or fourth county area that makes up the metro area, metropolitan. We're about to pass it. We'd be the largest city, the largest metro area without, to NFL team, and he says we deserve it because technically the the Yankees and the Lakers don't complain about the Mets and the Clippers being in their town, so I don't think the Cowboys would either. And he said, and I, have feel, I have a feeling Cow- Jerry would. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, and plus the Dallas Cowboys play in Arlington, which is in the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth, and their training facilities in Frisco. Oh, that's not going to happen. Jerry's not going to share a stadium. 
And, you know, the Dallas fans are not going to, but he said Dallas deserves a second team. Jerry's no, fighting no, the team. Jerry's no, fighting no, teams going into San Antonio, let alone. Well, the, uh, let alone. Well, a little history would help if he knew that they had another team that they didn't support in 1960 well, through 62. Well, speaking, well, speaking, speaking of, of Jerry, though, we, we have a Jerry that wants to talk to us. So let's talk to Jerry. And, <laughs> That'll be uh, a good transition to our next topic. Yes, because I imagine right. Jerry wants to go right into the next topic, right, Jerry? That's the Derby? Right. Yeah, that's what we're going into the Derby, and uh, it was a you great. Tell me about. Tell me about the Derby, Jerry. Well, I'm going to actually win some money uh, because my brother went to an OTB place in New York State and put down some money. I had Zandon the favorite to win. Of course, he came in uh, third. Uh, Rich Strike was the winner, folks. In case you didn't see it, now, he came out of nowhere. He wasn't even supposed to be in the race in the first place. But there was a scratch, and that's how. It, that's oh man, it was it was really something. And yep, he came from way back, and he came from way back, even way right back. at the end, because he was way he, back well, at the right he, coming to the last furlong, and he had to make a big run to catch up. He finished. Well, he was in the twenty. He was in the twenty-one spot because the twenty horse scratched on Friday, and so he was in the twenty-one spot. So he he was the last horse, and he got in the race. With thirty seconds before the deadline, and the owner only paid thirty grand for him, and he was eighty to one, which is the second biggest upset in the Derby. There was a horse in nineteen thirteen that was ninety one to one, and Sonny Leone, the jockey, had never won a stakes race. Not only won the Triple Crowns, but like Santa Anita or the Arkansas Derby or Florida Derby or any of those. You know, had never won a major race. They were already prepared to just. Oh, we're going to run one of the other races, and we'll just go on to the Freakness. Or they were already planning on going somewhere in New York, but it's like, well, I think going was, he was going to try the Belmont. Is what he was going to try later. Well, not the Belmont, but a uh, there was a another race, race before at, that. And then if he did well there, he might go to the Belmont. They said, but yeah, but now he's so, yeah, yeah. So Jerry, and, how 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 did you win money? Place the end of the show? Or? Well, no, my brother. Called, okay, well, Saturday was my seventy third birthday, and my sister in law called me, and. Uh, so your brother Mike's gonna call you back. Do you uh, um, do you want to pick a couple of horses? He's going to an off-track betting place, and he's gonna bet some money for you, and he'll send you the money if you win. So I gave him Zandon, I gave him Epicenter, and uh, well, I didn't I didn't give him the winner, of course. No. And I gave him Happy Jack, who's probably on his way to the glue factory. <laughs> money I'm going to get for sure. I'll be yeah. talking to him later. Well, you must, you must have how, got some show, right, win? if you won money. Uh, how, how are you going to win money? Show. Because if, if, they show. Place, uh, if they place or show, you win. Oh, yeah. okay. That's right. Yeah. If you bet him to win and he shows, you still get Yeah, you still get some, something. Yeah. And Epicenter, you picked him at Epicenter, did he? He was second. second so. yeah. yeah. He was second, so if you picked him okay. in the place, but yeah. Or it depends. There's all the trifectas and superfectas and oh, yeah. well, there's a lot of horses things. and the one yeah. down. So he'll, he wouldn't get as much as he won for him to play or to win, but he'll get some because he did show. Okay. And, and Epicenter is played. Anything else, Jerry? Uh, what do the letters when when Will was reading us the field in our phone group? What do the letters A E stand for? Alternate entry. 
I didn't know either, but when, when, uh, cause we were listening to your list, Jerry, and Kathy asked me that, and I said, must be alternate entry. And I said, if anybody scratches, they'll get in. And that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, Good job. The only other thing I have is I hope the 76ers can uh, take it, and uh, that'll make me happy in that series. Yeah. Otherwise, J- Jerry, did you hear Tom McGinnis's story the other night at halftime when he was wishing <laughs> Happy Mother's Day? I guess um, he said 20 years ago, his wife was at the game, and they had she had went into labor with their son at the game. Oh, yeah. oh wow! On Mother's wow. Day, wow! Well, yeah, twenty years ago, you know, during the playoffs with the, the playoffs. Sixers. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, wow. So you hear some cool stories listening to things. So if, if you guys That's don't right. listen to things, really listen because sometimes you can hear some cool stories. That's right. Yep. So uh, let's see if uh, we covered a lot of this. So I'm just looking through it. We got Rick Dawson as the owner. Eric Reed was the uh, trainer. And uh, as they said, Sonny Leone won the uh, won the race, and he had been racing the day before in Cincinnati because yeah. he wasn't didn't expect to be in Kentucky. So you know, normally he would have been there. Uh, he cost thirty thousand, as you said, last fall in a claiming race. Bought it from Calumet Farms, and we used to Rick remembers that name. They oh, haven't yeah. won a race, Rick, since nineteen sixty eight when Ford passed to beat Dancer's really? Image that time. And uh, so Eric, we used to hear Eric, about them all the time. Yeah. What, Robert? Eric Reed, the the trainer. Apparently, he had a fire in one of his barns in Kentucky, yes. and he lost like twenty three horses. Yeah. So the actual money from this is actually going to help him rebuild uh, what he lost. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. And so what's I, weird? I think, he kept what's weird with this horse though. I don't, after he won because he kept like uh, trying to bite some of the other horses. He was playing. He was playing with his pony. You know, he well, was because they have. Him. Well, they, they, they said he was. The leg of the guy, they, but I don't, I oh, there was yeah. a guy he was trying to bite too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was trying to bite people, other horses, all kinds of stuff. He kept trying oh, to. He was excited. He was excited. I mean, if you had yeah. been trained by Bob Hafford, I could understand it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, that pretty much covers the Derby. So we'll have the Preakness on the 21st, so a week from Saturday, and uh, we'll see what happens and see if he can maintain. I don't think he will. I think, you know, these other two horses were right there, you know, uh, uh, Epicenter and and, uh, Zandon, whatever. So I'm expecting that they'll probably one of them will win. But, uh, you know, it was a great story. I thought one of them was definitely going to win. This this horse just flew out of nowhere. That's right. He was in in seventh place at the last furlough. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Okay. So on to the NBA. And um, <clears throat> so we'll start out with my, you know, we'll start with the East and we'll talk about Miami and Philadelphia. So Embiid was hurt for the first two games and the, and the Sixers got blown out, but then he came back and uh, Harden played a really good game on Sunday night for a change and actually scored a bunch, but also was doing some distributing. And that's what they need him to do. They need him to move the ball. And if he'll do that, you know, he's very effective, but they did win that game. So now it's a best uh, three, like all these series, most of them that we're going to be talking about. And uh, so tonight, uh, they're going to be uh, meeting in Miami. Miami with the home court advantage, of course. So it's uh, it's it's really up in the air as to what's going to happen in that series now. So the yep. other series and oh, and okay. Philly Philadelphia seventy sixers have never came from being down uh, two to zero to, to win a no. series ever. They have playoffs. blown they have blown those leads and they have blown yeah. three to one leads a couple times in the Celtics. They've never been, that. they've never come back from one. No, nope, no, nope. from an O two. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, okay, the Celtics in Milwaukee. We've kind of talked about it a little bit. The Celtics have outscored them by quite a bit in these games. Uh, they had the one close game, as I said on Saturday, which made me confident—not confident, but you know, uh, they had some hope for. T- 
for last night. But then we got the word that Robert Williams was out, and uh, now we don't know if he's going to be back tomorrow. You know, some problems with his surgically repaired knee, so we don't know if he's going to be back tomorrow or not. And, uh, you know, so so we don't know. But the real big thing is really Chris Middleton. I think if they had another score, uh, a regular score, I mean, Lopez scores, Holiday scores, but I think that's the problem. Giannis was, you know, yeah. was totally tired last night. He had played, he played probably about 44 minutes of the game. And he just, you know, and after Saturday, a hard game, and then he played that game. Uh, you know, it's, it's, he'll be okay for tomorrow night. I'm not saying he won't. But uh, so it comes back here tomorrow night. Then it goes to Milwaukee for Friday, back here if necessary on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we'll just see what happens. But uh, it's, it's really a good series. And Sean Grandy made the statement. He said, that the team who won last night, this is early in the game when the Celtics were losing, he said that the team who won this series was uh, won the, that game was going to win the series, and that's often true of that fourth game there, and, and especially the fifth game. I heard eighty uh, percent of the time the fifth game winner wins the series, you know, when it's two-two. But the other thing he said is that team will go to the finals, the Celtics or Milwaukee, whoever won last yeah, night. I think so. And you know, that, I was gonna, that's quite a statement. Yeah, there, there was been a, you, you remind me when you said Sean Grandy said, because I heard him say this the last game of the regular season. And I've been meaning to ask it every week here, and I keep forgetting it. I, I think it's almost a rhetorical question, but why why do we still have divisions in the NBA? I don't know. I don't know. I've been asking that. Chris and I had to, oh, you weren't on the panel. With oh, Chris no, that wasn't, that right. was the whole other thing. You wanted to reseed the whole league, but I think yeah, what yeah, you're saying is the, the division, league, but we talked about division. No, that, but division champions I mean, don't do anything. It's yeah, not I like mean, hockey. Yeah, you get yeah he mentioned part. on the last game of the season that if the Celtics win this game, they're going to win the Atlantic division. And I'm saying, why do we still have these divisions? Right. There? Yeah. And, and as recently as uh, a few years ago, we found out that it didn't matter because I remember the Hawks had a better record than the Celtics and the Celtics were division champions and the, Hawks had the home home court advantage. So, yeah, yeah we really don't need the happen. division. What yeah, I think they do, I think it's only to set up the schedule. You always play your yeah. division teams four times, and I think yeah. that's why it is. And that's a few years it. ago, because it used to be if you won your division, you got automatically top four, but they threw that yeah. out about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. No, that was stupid. So, yeah. So, anyway, so we'll see what happens in that one. In the, in the West, we've got uh, Phoenix and Dallas at 2-2. Dallas has really come back strong. Doncic has been – Doncic has done really well and you know they've tied uh, Phoenix and you know I, I still think Phoenix is the better team because they got Booker and they got Hart, uh, they got um, Paul but it's just uh, you know it, it's down again the best uh, two out of three but Phoenix has the has the advantage there and uh, it was really too too bad. Now this was an interesting situation last night for Golden State. They were they were not playing well. I heard the first part of the game. I had to go to bed, but they were not playing well. They came back, and uh, I don't know how far behind did they get, Robert? Uh they they were behind by like fifteen. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was doubled. <laughs> Memphis. Let's put it. Memphis should have won the game. Yeah. Yes, yes, but the problem is, and and uh, Cedric Maxwell says this all the time. You can get through one game with with a lost player and maybe win a game, but you can't right. keep going long term. And this was the problem. They didn't have John Moran. And he was out with knee problems. Yeah. I don't know how serious that is. But and, he if, will, and he will not be playing in Game Five either. Yeah. So, so I think uh, I think uh, Memphis is pretty much done. So it's been interesting series for the teams, uh, but not the teams from Tennessee because uh, right now the teams from Tennessee are struggling in both hockey and basketball here. So anyway. Um, but, you know, we had um, on, and on Sunday Kurt, we had. Hold on, hold on, Robert. Go ahead, Rick. Okay. I was just going to say on Sunday we had between the NHL and the NBA we had six games on Sunday. On all six of them the series were two to one, and on all six of them the teams wanted to make it two to two. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. And, okay, and yeah, you're right. Go ahead, uh, Robert, because we had an interesting situation. You can announce the new coach of that, Sacramento yeah, and talk uh, about that. Uh, yeah. Um, Steve Kerr uh, tested positive yesterday for COVID. 
And uh, they've already said he's not going to be around for game five. And I think the series ends tomorrow anyway. Um, and Mike Brown, who uh, has been a head coach before in Cleveland and, of course, has been on I the Warriors. So. Has yeah. been on the Warriors staff. Uh, he was named yesterday the new head coach of the Sacramento Kings. And all I can say to him is good luck. Uh, that organization has never been properly run. The only good coach that they ever had there was Rick Adelman. And uh, so I, I wish him luck. Uh, Bill, Luke Walton uh, took the same path. He uh, he got fired from the Lakers, came to work for the Warriors, went to Sacramento. It didn't work out for him. So I'm afraid the same thing may happen to Mr. Brown. But anyway. Yeah, Mike Brown, Mike Brown came the same year that Kevin Durant did as the Warriors did an assistant. Yeah, he was with Cleveland, like there yeah. with the Lakers. He had right. been been in the league for a little while as a head coach, assistant coach. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's interesting to have somebody who is uh, technically almost uh, the almost head coach of another team win a playoff game for for another team. So that right. that doesn't happen every day. Yeah. So and I I think uh, I in my opinion the series ends tomorrow. But uh, regardless, if it doesn't, uh, Brown will be the coach. Uh, I think for the rest of the series, however long it lasts. Okay, so other NBA notes, uh, we got a few more awards. Tyler Hero won the Sixth Man Award award yep. for this year for Miami. And then we have uh, uh, also uh, Nik- Nikolai, I'm going to screw this Nikolai up. Nikolai Jokic. Jokic won the MVP again. That's the second year in a row, I think. Nikola, I should say. Nikola, and yeah. Monty Williams won the Coach of the Year from Phoenix. And, and I, then, I, I firmly believe, and I'm not a, I'm not, I, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I firmly believe the MVP should have went to Joel and B. Uh, I don't think uh, Jokic de- deserved it for a second year in a row, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, well, uh, they could make an argument either way for him or for Those would have been my one and two, yeah. one yeah. A and one B. I'd have made an mm-hmm. argument either way. And the WNBA opened their season, and that's shown a little bit of light on the situation of Brittany Griner still in uh, jail in Russia. She's been there since February, and now the State Department is paying, uh, saying she's unlawfully detained, which means they can get more uh, power to negotiate as far as our government is concerned. And, of course, even though we're having these issues with Russia, they were able to release um, those Marines a few weeks ago, get them out. Uh, that had been there, was there, just one, there wasn't those, there was just one, wasn't it? There was just one. Oh, it was just one Marine, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, they had to give an oligarch, we, had, uh, we probably have some more oligarchs we can spare uh, <laughs> that we probably have in jail for something or another, because there is what they call a Russian mafia, so you figure there's yeah. got to be some folks. Well, so, we'll, uh, and we'll watch that situation. Yeah, but uh, she is still there, and that's unfortunate. So the, they're putting her number, I think, on the courts in the NBA, and her, her name is there, and uh, making sure that people remember she plays for the Phoenix uh, Mercury. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, uh, you know, hopefully that will get straightened out. And let me see if there's any more. Uh, okay, I think we took care of that. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we're done with the NBA then. So that's good. Okay, moving on to the NHL. And we have some really good series in, in the NHL, too. Florida and Washington. One, one thing, too, but overall that, that has been interesting is the goaltender situation. Rick kind of touched on a little bit with the, the guy Sisterkin for the Mets, who's, uh, the Rangers, Rangers, who's been getting lit, lit up. I got Mike Blank on the brain. With the Mets. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Sisterkin, uh, you know, has been lit up, and he's been a great goalie. And they switched goalies, and then the other goalie uh, doesn't didn't give you they, they fought back, tied it up 4-4 Saturday night, and then he gave up three goals, and they end up losing 7-4. to four. The Penguins are, have a lot of firepower, as they always do. So that's, yeah. you know, what you, where you beat the Penguins maybe is themselves. Now they have an interesting situation because they have a guy, uh, Louis Domingue, who's now playing yeah. goal. He's their third-string goalie. 
because the yeah. second string guy, DeSmith, got hurt. Uh, and I don't know where their first one is. He out is the first. I, I know that the Smith's out for, and, for sure. And uh, the other, the other one's out too, I believe. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So Jerry, I, I think, is working out. He he he's put, he might be ready to come back now, but they don't know if they want to take. Well, they Deming probably want to wait till the next series then, if if uh, Deming doesn't do well or whatever. Right. And by the way, when when Deming come into the first game, <laughs> Sean McDonough says this could be the beginning of Deming dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Sean. Good job by Sean. So you anyway, know the, uh, the interesting thing with the two the, the games that have gone to overtime. You know, well, the beginning of the year, Sean McDonough and Kenny Albert were the two main announcers of the three overtime games that we've had. Each one of them got one. Okay. Oh, yeah. So uh, Kenny, uh, and who yeah, got the other one? And who got the other one? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> well, Kevin Paul Dupont had an interesting article in the Globe. Did you see it, uh, Robert, on Sunday? Yes, yes I did. Yes, I, I think did. that was a good idea, and th- this is something uh, you know we don't necessarily have to have a discussion about it. But this is something he's suggesting in the first two rounds of the playoffs that instead of having you still have a sudden death overtime, he said the shootout's a gimmick. You don't do that. He said make it four on four for the first ten minutes and then three-on-three three for the rest of the, any overtimes you have. He said that way people are fresher, they're more, there's more skating, there's more chances. You know, you get to the point where they're leaning on each other after, like, about 10 minutes of the overtime. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I agree with that. I, I thought that was a very good article by him. If right. there's a power play, so you do what you do in a regular season, which is add a player. So for, if it's three-on-three right. three and you get a, the other team gets a penalty, you get to bring on a fourth guy, and then yeah. it's four-on-three. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's a good idea. Then he said in the, in the semifinals and finals, you know, the conference championship, Championship, if you will, and the and the final. Then you do the overtimes we do now, so that you don't lose that part of it, because that's no. more important. You want to have more. But I think that was a good idea. I totally, I totally agree with him. I thought that was an outstanding idea when I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty cool. Okay, so we we kind of talked about the Pittsburgh series. That, you know, was uh, and so that overtime, the the, the uh, Penguins won that game, and then uh, the Rangers got the second game. But then the Penguins have won their two games in Pittsburgh, so they're up three games to one. Washington. May beat Florida. Now we have found out uh, another uh, stat that we got during the week was that the Florida Panthers have not run a, won a playoff series since 1996. And when they won that playoff series, like the Dallas Stars, we, uh, Dallas uh, Mavericks, we were talking about last week, they were in the final. You know, uh, they got it, they made the finals that year, and they haven't won since. Now it's not like they've lost tons of first round series. They've hardly ever been in the playoffs. If you think about the Panthers, they're probably I'm going to guess that maybe out of the 25 years or something, they've been in like eight or ten times or something. And, and they've remember, been in the lottery forever. And, and remember, Chris, this was the team that Joe Quinville built because he was supposed to be the coach all year, but he got caught up in the Blackhawk scandal. So uh, this would be the team that he would normally be coaching. So, uh, and these are players that he recruited to play for him. And right. So, so you got yeah. two factors here with this. Yeah. You've got now with Washington uh, at two to two, but the, the Panthers want to be an important game last night in overtime to make it two to two right. in Washington. Yeah, similar to what the, the Celtics did in Milwaukee. But the, the point is that they are in a situation where you've got the the curse of the President's Trophy winner going against the always underachieving Washington Capitals except for one year. That's so, correct. you know, how is this going to work out? This is a real uh, drama. We, we don't have any any clue. Mm-hmm. So then that's the that's part of the bracket. We have the page, uh, the Bruins and uh, Carolina 2-2, as we said. And the, the real thing that Rob Brindamore has been saying, basically, is the power play. And the Bruins' power play has been great the last two games. And right. if, if Carolina can stay out of the penalty box, but again, you tend to get calls when you're home. So a lot is could be home ice for this series because, you know, you what? get your matchups. What? They said what? that Bergeron was really neutralized by the, the matchups that Carolina was running against that line. 
But now they're going to, you know, they've got Pasternak on that line with with uh, Marchand and, and Bergeron. So I don't know what they're going to do, or maybe they'll split them up again if the matchups get too heavy. But uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, game five tonight, and we'll see what happens. But, but now, uh, Chris and Rick, since you're both there and you're both Bruins fans and you're paying attention to this series, what kind of effect is not having your top two defensemen going to have? That's crazy. That's you know, like you say, I don't. I have no idea how they won Sunday because. The, but as Maxwell past, says, you can do anything for one game. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's you the past problem. These two defensemen and, and the rest of the Bruins defense core is pretty weak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And and I'm not sure even how much. I know he's not an offensive defenseman, but I didn't hear a whole much one way about about Lindholm when, when he was here. You know, I mean, no, when he was Lind, playing. Lindholm is your defensive defenseman. He's yeah. So that's score. fine, he and he should score. be back Thursday, I would think, because he always, was almost back today. And McAvoy yeah. could be back Thursday too, because I mean could, it's COVID yeah. protocol. I mean, everybody in that league is vaccinated, so you know you you expect that their symptoms are minor. So he should right. be back pretty soon. But uh, you know we're hoping for for uh, you know just to get through tonight. But it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because you know you just yes it is yeah. you know okay Tampa Bay and Toronto. And everything again. tonight, by the way, is on ESPN and ESPN two. That's right. That's seven seven thirty uh, ten nine thirty uh, and ten. Yep, yeah, that's how they Bruins first and then tonight Toronto tomorrow game. night. By the way. Yeah, not at tomorrow. Uh, ESPN, 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 right. Yeah. Bruins games. Bruins game is first. Then we have the Toronto game. Then we have the uh, uh, what's one uh, nine thirty. The, the Blues, Blues and uh, Wild. Nine thirty. Yeah, and then Edmonton and the LA at ten. So Tampa Bay and Toronto two two, and uh, that's that's again. Now there's seventeen. It, it was sixteen when David USF gave us the stat. Seventeen times in a row when Toronto, Tampa Bay has lost a game, they've then won the next game in these playoffs. That's series, correct. Which indicates, and the last time they lost two in a row was at Columbus in 2019 in the first round. Which indicates they have long series because how do you get that many? You know. But That's anyway, the, but uh, you know, Toronto is pumping those goals in there, but Tampa Bay's had their moment too. So it's oh, been yeah. a wild series. You and know, this is the defending Stanley Cup champions, so they're not going to go away. Quietly, no, know. they're not. And Toronto again hasn't won since '04, so they got that hanging over their head. That's right. In the West, again, Tennessee uh, has, has been. They're, they're, they're out. They got yep, swept by Colorado four four zero. And of course, Colorado was just by a point the second best team in the league, so they're one right. of the Stanley Cup favorites. So they took care of Nashville pretty quickly. Yep. And uh, there were some couple couple close games, but. Again, these games haven't been close so much, the St. Louis and Minnesota, but they're 2-2. Uh, you know, again, like Rick's saying, that's the kind of games we're having here. And, and the winner uh, of that series... Well, the reason, was- the reason that the, some of these games haven't been close is at the end when you're pulling your goalies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's part of it. And yes, and you're right, Robert, that they'll play Colorado. The winner of the St. Louis Minnesota series will play Colorado. That's correct. Yeah, because I think on right. Sunday in that series, the Blues, it was either one or two. They might have had two empty net goals at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Then Calgary and Dallas, it's been a low-scoring series. I think this has been one of the low-scoring series as I've followed the scores. I haven't listened to much of it. They've been late and stuff, but Calgary and Dallas are tied 2-2. These are, these are both very good defensive teams. Uh, Calgary can score a lot more than Dallas can, but they're both matched up very well defensively, and uh, I'm really surprised they haven't really had a major overtime in this series because mm-hmm. I expect one before the series is over with the way these two teams play. And again, uh, these have been late, but what's been going on with the Kings and uh, Edmonton, uh, Robert? Uh, well, you kind of had a Jekyll and Hyde kind of series with the Kings and Edmonton. Uh, last game, Jonathan Quick pitched a shutout, but the game before that, Edmonton scored eight goals on the Kings. So <laughs> you never know what kind of game you're going to get out of these two teams. Now, Edmonton is a powerful goal-scoring team. They're not knowing they're not known for being shut out or 
or uh, being defensive linemen. If anybody's going to explode and score, it'll be Edmonton. But Jonathan Quick went back to like 2014 and yeah. said, you know, hey, guys, I'm not done yet, you know. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll so they're, they're 2-2, and as is uh, Calgary and Dallas. So yeah. everybody in the West, uh, you know, the one series is over, the other three are 2-2. So that's what we got there. Yeah. For news and notes, uh, we, we've already talked about Florida not winning a playoff series since 1996 when they went to the finals. And we did the 17 in a row at Tampa Bay. And then, okay, the last, uh, uh, let's see. Okay, uh, that's okay. Uh, Barry Trotz was fired by the Islanders. Now, this doesn't make sense to me at all. No, it how, does not. How can, how can you do this? They, they made the playoffs the last three years. They had good runs the, you know, two in a couple of years. I mean, he's a Stanley Cup winner. Unless he's, Robert, I don't know, and you pay more attention to these hockey talk shows, unless he's hard to work with. But why would you do this? No, well, uh, it was Lou Lamoriello, the GM, that decided that this team needed a new voice. But he did say in his news conference yesterday, he said, look, I hate to let this guy go, but I just have a feeling that this team needs a new voice. And he said, look, Barry Trotz will be unemployed for as long as he wants to be unemployed because I just put the top coach available on the market and he won't be unemployed very long. Just like what happened with Washington, um, you know, he wins the Stanley Cup in Washington. Uh, he wanted a contract extension. The Capitals didn't want to give it, give it to him. He went to the Islanders immediately. And of course, uh, uh, Lou, uh, decided, you know, that, uh, he's going to blame the bad year basically on him. Now remember, this team started the season on a 13 game road trip. Yeah. Their, their arena was being built still. It wasn't ready to be used. Then this team got hit with all kinds of COVID issues, yeah. and they never were able to. Re- they were one team that was never able to fully recover and be the team that you expected them to be. No, and and basically Barry Trotz is being blamed for this. And no, I mean not- they did as well as they could, considering. I mean, yeah, the Bruins were in a hole too, but the the Islanders' hole was humongous, and similar to the Red Sox hole they're in now, that kind of thing. And he got got them at least to play decent hockey, and people were not happy to play the Islanders the last two or three months of the season. No, and uh, I like I said, he's a top notch coach, and I don't I don't know if he's difficult to work for. Uh, I would say no because when he first started coaching, he was the very first coach the Nashville Predators ever had, and they kept him around for 15 years. So that tells me he's not difficult to work. That's for. right. And well, if this, like people... if this doesn't work, the GM is good, will probably pay a price for it. Yeah, because and and I'd be curious to go back into the Devils history and see if he had any long term coaches that he kept around because the Devils were know, successful. Uh, uh, now anybody from New Jersey can call and correct me, but Lou is known for dumping coaches. I mean. I mean, the Devils have went through a lot of coaches when he yeah. was there. Former Providence I, college coach. So yeah. there you go. So that's yeah, the he, thing I've heard about what happened, and, and yeah. it's just a theory. But and I, I don't, I don't endorse this because I, I think Trotz is one of the best coaches in hockey. Absolutely. But the, the thing I'm hearing is that maybe he had one year left in his contract, and maybe he was telling them he did not want to be a lame duck coach. He wanted a new contract. I don't and they blame also, him for that. Yeah, and they also have supposedly this assistant coach on the team named Lane. Lambert, who they love, they think he's great, and they they were sure that they were going to lose him this year to some other team. Okay, so those that combination might have been why they yeah. got rid of him. And remember, well, Rick's still worried about the Islanders, and they didn't even make the playoffs. That's how good they are. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, trust me, I I would love to have Barry Trotz as my coach yeah. in San Jose. I, I mean, uh, 
Uh, every every time he's coached a team, uh, I, I've always been very impressed with what he's been able to do. And I think he's well, been treated very unfair, both in Washington and Long Island. Well, we'll see where he coaches next yeah. um, in his coaching career. Yes. Okay. okay. And then uh, the last thing is Patrick Marlowe retiring uh, yep. as a San Jose Shark. Yeah, after 23 seasons. Now, he didn't play it all this year, and I thought that was a shame because had he been able to play this year, he would have been the one to break the record that Keith Yandel got broken. Of course, Mike Hill would have been known as a, a stupid coach for pulling out Yandel when he, he's still on that streak because uh, Marla would have broke it first. But uh, Patrick is a future Hall of Famer. Uh, unfortunately, he never won the Stanley Cup, and he will be the first Shark uh, that will have his uh, jersey retired. I can almost guarantee that after 23 years. Okay. All right, so I think we can go to any more hockey. We're going to go to baseball. I'm to wake up Pierre. Okay, <laughs> here, go here we go, Pierre. All right, all right. And the American League East in the standings, we have the Yankees at twenty and eight, Tampa Bay eighteen and twelve, uh, Toronto seventeen and thirteen, Baltimore is twelve and seventeen, and our beloved Red Sox are ten and nineteen. They have lost. They were six and five the day after Patriots Day. They won that game. They were six and five. They are four. I like how BZ will say, oh, they've lost uh, three in a row or they've done the you know, <laughs> Look at the schedule. They've lost 14 out of 18 is what they've done yeah. you know, to be in this position. This is ridiculous. And they are they are under cover of the Bruins. And so the worst, they're in the worst nightmare, and, and mine and Rick's too. We don't want these teams to lose. Their worst nightmare is to wake up Monday morning and they're the only game in town other than the Revolution. Then mm-hmm. the fur will start to fly around. Right, now, uh, you too, since you're both in the Boston area, um, I know Shane Bloom just got there recently. Heim but is, Bloom. But, uh, but, uh, Heim Bloom, I'm sorry. I keep doing that. But I want, uh, is Alex Cora going to end up being in any kind of trouble for this? No. No, 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 absolutely not. Okay. No, he's a World Series. He's a hero. He got he got him to the league championship last year. He won the World Series in 2018. No, there's no way. And they work well together. You know, Alex is a get along, go along kind of guy. Right. Uh, I, Heim, they, you know, is doing it in a weird way. But this this has happened to this team. Heim or no Heim, this happened under Trombarski and everything else. We have the in 12 they were horrible. In 14 they were horrible. In 15 they were horrible. In 20 they were horrible. They win the World Series in 18. Go to the league championship last year. I mean, there's feast of famine here we can't yeah. maintain it's not okay. maintaining like you know they say we want to be like the Braves. You know, well the braves win like 90 or 85 games a year you know most years or whatever look right. at the cardinals they haven't made the playoffs a lot but they've been a winning team for probably 10 years in a row right. they haven't been able to do that the way they're doing it so i don't know as a, as a cubs fan i can feel i feel your pain yeah. In the central, Minnesota's at 18 and 11. You know, and what I'll have to do, you know, and what I do, you know, I mean, I want to listen to baseball. I have to adopt some of these other teams, you know, and start rooting for some of them. If, well, I mean, I, I won't I not play the, I the Red Sox. Twins over the weekend, Chris, and uh, if you want to adopt a team, that would be a good one to adopt. Well, we'll see. Minnesota's 18 and 11. Cleveland is 15 and 14. Pretty cool for them. Chicago White Sox, 14 and 14. I guess they're starting to get a little more healthy, maybe. Kansas City, 9 and 17. Detroit. Eight and twenty, but so the, luckily the Red Sox have the Tigers around, or they'd be the worst record in the league. And they did win; that's why they won their series against the Tigers. In the West, the Angels are at twenty and eleven. The West has uh, got some a battle here. The twenty and eleven with Houston at eighteen and eleven. But then when uh, Seattle struggled lately, they got off to a great start. They're now thirteen and seventeen. Yeah. Texas uh, eleven and sixteen, and the Ra- A's are eleven and eighteen. Uh, and, accor- and according to uh, Jim Bowden, uh, the Texas. If they don't pick it up, their manager in front office might be in trouble after yep. spending all that money. That's what I'm hearing. 
Okay. Uh, and now uh, the A's are now 11 and 19, Chris. Yes, they, they lost, lost the Tigers today, and the Tigers are 9 and 20, as yeah. we constantly update here on Sports yeah. Live. <laughs> National League East, we have the Mets at 20 and 10, still rolling. Atlanta, 14 and 16. We have some big leads for early in the season. Yeah. yeah. 14 and 16, Philadelphia, 13 and 16, Miami, 13 and 16, and Washington, 10 and 20. And in the central Milwaukee. Also here 19. in Philadelphia, if they yep. don't pick it up, there may be issues there. Yeah. Well, Dave Dombrowski likes to fire managers, doesn't he, Chris? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they, they had uh, uh, actually they kept um, uh, Farrell longer than I think people thought thought they would. You know, okay. it kept him for a year or two when Dombrowski came in. And so. remember, Dombrowski didn't hire Girardi, so that that may be an issue too. Yeah, but Girardi, I don't know. I, I doubt that it's Girardi's fault. He's a pretty good manager. I think. Yes, I agree. In the central, Milwaukee is uh, 19 and 11. St. Louis at 16 and 12. Pirates hanging in at 12 and 16. Chicago 10 and 18. And the Reds are up to 6 and 23. So uh, watch out for those Reds. In the West, we have a real battle. This is amazing. I didn't know, you know, because I hadn't looked at the standings in a week with all the hockey and basketball going on. Dodgers 19 and 8. San Diego 19 and 11. San Francisco 17 and 12. Colorado 16 and 13. And even the Diamondbacks are 16 and 14. Yeah, well, I trust Bob Melvin in San Diego. So, what can but I that's say? pretty amazing. Everybody's over 500 in that division. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, and, it, and if okay. you're a Cubs fan and you want a little good news, is, is uh, last night uh, Kyle Hendricks pitched. He well, clearly it was his best game of the season and against a good San Diego team. And mm-hmm. eight and two thirds. They should have left him in eight so and to two, do the. Well, it was at 115 pitches. Okay. Yeah. That's the- okay. So we got some news and notes, Miguel. We'll, no. And we'll get to you, Jamal, in just a second. Right. Uh, well, there's a lot of news and notes. Why don't we just get to him now? Okay, we we'll get to Jamal yeah. now because I'm sure I'm I'm betting Jamal is going to have a meltdown after last night's um, issues on the south side of Chicago. Is that correct, Jamal? Hello, Jamal. He's melted. He's melted. Just like the Wicked Witch of the West. Where is he? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll get. All right. We'll start the news and notes. And if we, if some somebody pops up, Miguel Sano is a torn knee ligament, and he had surgery. He's going to be out for a while. I don't even even know how long. Um, Probably six to eight weeks, I would guess. Yeah. Okay. Dusty Baker won his two thousandth game the other night, and now he's uh, over that, of course. Uh, and he's the 12th uh, manager in history to do that, and the first black manager. And uh, and 10 of the 12 in are in the Hall of Fame. And 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 let's see, uh, for the active managers, of course, Connie Mack's number one. Tony Larusa is second with 2831. And uh, and then uh, let's see, then we have uh, Terry Francona is 17th with 1792, and then Walter is 24th with 1569. And so, you know, but uh, anyway, so he's, uh, you know, you've got, uh, and LaRusso will never catch Connie Mack. He's like 900 oh. games behind him. Okay. And let's see. And the first time ever, and this is amazing to me because you figure, you know, they've had good teams, they've had bad teams. The first time, and this was uh, happened on May 4th, the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Angels were all in first place on the same day. And they still are. But that's amazing that in all these years, that didn't happen, you know, at least on one day. But uh, David USF came up with that statistic. So, uh, you know, they've been around since 1962 when the Mets came along. So anyway, uh, okay, Peacock started this week, and um, uh, Jason Benetti was the uh, play-by-play guy, and Kevin yeah. Euclid uh, was the I, – I was hang on, uh, just run it down, Sean, and then you can go ahead. Uh, Jason Benetti was there, Euclid, uh, Kevin Euclid for the Red Sox, and Steve Sohn on the game, and it started at 1130. And uh, so – and the other games, therefore, cannot start until like 130. 
But uh, you watched it, uh, Sean. What did you think about it? I thought they did a very good job. They they opened up with a. It, this is not a. This was not from the past. It was a new narration talking about baseball and Sunday morning and NBC by Vin Scully. And any time yeah, you get it, they record that. So yeah. Well, no, he recorded it. I mean, it wasn't live, but it wasn't an old one from the past. No. It was from it was from for it now. Was yeah, recent. For, I mean, for now. It was yeah. Re- yeah, but he. Anytime you get something from Vin, you know, hey, okay. you can always enjoy. It. And they they paid a great tribute to baseball coming back to NBC. Now, as of now, this is the only game that was on NBC that would be on NBC. But they may put some more because basically a lot of it is being used to promote the stuff that's on NBC, on their NBC family of networks and Peacock because they were promoting all the sports that was on NBC and USA and, and you know the stuff on Peacock and they were promoting the WWE and they they went out to the stands, they talked to people, they talked to uh, wrestler Sasha Banks from the WWE, she's wrestling for Stitch, they talked to her about her championships and everything and they you know, and then they had a delay because the umpire got hit. So oh, see, I didn't. I was up. so much listening to the Bruins. I didn't even listen to the game. Yeah, did they all CB, tell you in the CB, stands they were freezing. CB Buckner was the umpire that was hit. Yeah, yeah. Did they all say they were freezing? Because they were. It was like yeah, very well, windy and very cold. I don't know. They didn't. Say, but I thought Peacock. I thought they did a good. And I'll say all the problems you heard with Apple Peacock because everything that's on NBC Sports, whether it's NBC USA, CNBC, has already been streaming on Peacock. So I think. They'll accomplish what they get, and you know they'll get people to look in. You know if they have Peacock, they'll they'll check in. Hey, I'll watch this game, and it's a way to promote other stuff. And what I'm thinking is going to happen with this, I'm wondering if NBC is using this to get back in the game for baseball, maybe even possibly taking Sunday night baseball away from ESPN. Because that's all ESPN either that, has. or at least get get some and and even promise baseball some over the air postseason in the earlier rounds too. You know. Yeah. Or they could, like I said, if they get Sunday Night Baseball and then keep the Peacock game and then do like it every other year with NBC and Fox in the World Series kind of yeah, or, thing, or, eat, or or say that they can have the one of the you know the champ one of the championship series or something like that or, yeah, but or it's whatever you know. To see what, uh, and they'll have it between NBC, USA, and Peacock. But they they did a very good job. I was impressed with it. So. Well, no, you know, when so, you so, got, now, and, and so people, now then I start watching hockey in the playoffs. Now we've had another milestone. Sean watched baseball. That normally doesn't happen either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, so, I watch some of the regular season, but yeah. yeah not when Pierre much, watches uh, hockey, then we'll have a story. Yeah. Now, the, the the thing, too, is that um, they uh, are, are not amateurs. You know, you, you've got the NBC crews available. you got, you know, USA, NBC is doing Eddie sports for a long time. And, uh, and, right. he, and he did tell the people that each week he would have two people from each team that's going to be right. on. Yeah. One person from each team. Yeah. One yeah. from each yeah, team. Right yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I think what people are saying about the Apple telecast is they don't even know who the play-by-play people are. They don't know. The crews aren't very good. The, yeah. You know, it's almost like you grab people out of, uh, you know, Graham Junior College where Rick and I went, you know, to do these things, you know, start up. Oh, we can always get young people. Young people do everything they, better than ever, anybody. And they, and they don't always have experience. Shoot. Yep. And they've had uh, issues because Apple's never done live sports. They've had all kinds of issues, not yeah. just the first week, but all year. And where Peacock and I think Amazon, because Peacock's used to doing live programming. We don't, like I said, all the right. stuff they've done. Right. So the other day on May 6th was Willie Mays' 91st birthday. So, and he's yeah. the, the guy that I would say, you know, it was funny. People were talking the other day about, because Otani was pitching here and there was a lot of talk about Babe Ruth during the game. And But for my time, he's the best all-around player that I ever saw. saw. You know, Willie 
Willie yep. Mays. Just you know, great defense, great offense, great speed, you know, the whole thing. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, uh, remember we know he got his, uh, his uh, 3,000th hit the other day. He got his 600 double. And, uh, and so with players with 3,000 hits, 500 homers, and 600 doubles, they're Hank Aaron, uh, Albert Pujols, and Cabrera. So that's all there yep. is for that. Um, uh, with the COVID bug has hit the broadcast booth. Carl Ravitch was not able to do the Sunday night uh, game, uh, I guess. He, he had uh, COVID uh, protocol. So John Shambi did it for uh, ESPN. And um, so now here's one that Eric, is, is Eric, Nadell, Eric, Nadell. Also, Eric Nadell also for Texas. That's right. Yep. It was out of the radio booth for their so, series against So Matt the Hicks did uh, three games by himself. There yep. you go. Iron Man. And then, okay, now I don't understand the purpose of this rule, and it's one we didn't know well, and maybe none of us really know, and maybe we can find out or we can't. But there's uh, Marcus Stroman was put on the, the injured list for uh, with an undisclosed injury, and it meant that they could replace him on the 40-man roster. I don't understand the connection between an undisclosed injury and the 40-man roster. It's just, you know, you can understand if it's COVID, but an undisclosed injury. And also, I don't like this undisclosed. But you can't, you to- can't, if it's COVID, Chris, you can't uh, replace, you can, you can call up somebody, but you can't right. bring somebody onto the 40-man with COVID. But is there a limit to this? Or, you know, again, we don't know much about this, but, you know, this seems like something you do all the time. Oh, I'm not going to tell it's anybody what the injury it, frankly, is Frankly, it's something that broke during the, the I-Cubs uh, St. Paul game the other day, and Alex Cohen was learning about it <laughs> as the game was going along. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear from some of the yeah. some of the writers and, and people in Chicago, he was learning the details of it. Right. So he didn't know much about the rule either. Well, ever since this story broke, Perry, I've checked the Chicago Tribune, and uh, nobody seems to really talk about this um, because I, I guess uh, Frank Swindell was affected by this, and other, he was optioned. But then yesterday they had to put. Um, somebody else on the shelf and he was called back up. Now today okay. this just broke. Wade Miley is going to be activated by the Cubs tonight. And I do, I do not know the corresponding roster. move. Okay. I don't know uh, how many years Wade Miley is going to pitch, but he will be 500 when he finishes. I know that. <laughs> That's all I know. That's what he does. He did but you know, here, you know what though? Day. He pitched pretty well for the Reds last year. So I, I mean, if, Oh, David he Robertson, David Robertson went on the disabled list yesterday. Okay. All right. And Mike Moustakas is oh. back. What's that, Bill? Mike Moustakis is back. He's off the DL, and he's back on the roster. He's DHing tonight, so he's back. His mysterious illness cleared up after a few minutes. What I think is weird, and this is a whole undisclosed injury, this hockey business that goes on about upper body injuries, and apparently when you really hear about it, Lindholm is in the concussion protocol. Well, that's not an upper body injury. That's a concussion protocol. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, but you hear upper body injury sometimes. And you've got sports betting picking up. You you can't be having undisclosed injuries. It's not fair to the betting public because you've also got to think about, well, the guy's out, but how long, how long is he going to be out? I'm going to bet on this game in two weeks. Number yeah. one, number two, when he comes back, what's he going to be favoring? You know, is, is he a guy that, you know, what, what is, what is his problem? So I, I don't think this is going to fly. You can't do this. This isn't right. Well, it was, it was negotiated according to what he was told. I don't. I don't understand the purpose of it. Why put somebody on the DL? Because well, what the players probably are going to like. We do have two hands, but what the players okay. are probably going to like about it is it's going to get more guys service time. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's what that's they're right. Because when you're Jamal, the 40, we'll get, Jamal, we're going to give you, you mean, one yeah. more shot here. Go, come on in, Jamal. 
Oh, he has crashed into her. There, he crashed. Jamal, did you crash like that White Sox bullpen last night? Oh, don't remind me of that fiasco. I had the game on late night. I thought the, the game was over. The next I know, I hear a grand slam. And I'm not going to say what my reaction was because... Oh, no, please don't. Yeah, yeah and it, but, it wasn't, but it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And and if I was delayed earlier while you called me, I was getting ice cream. So oh, well, gonna... wait a minute now, Jamal. Oh. This is a more oh, important no. thing to do than getting ice cream. This is our show here. You know, come on. <laughs> well, no, I said ice cream. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, this location, but world worldwide legend you get to be on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh, I also want to talk about a story that was in the Chicago media about. Steve McMichael, and now there's a campaign to get him in Canton in the Hall of Fame because they want him to be because people who are his supporters say he should be admitted to the Hall of Fame while he's still able to enjoy it before he passes away from uh, ALS. I would agree. Yeah, well, would agree. Is, is he a Hall? The question that, is: Is he a Hall of Fame player? I mean. I, it's hard to uh, rate I, people, you know, in the NFL alignment and or, stuff, you know. Uh, I think you can make it. You can make a case to the Hall of Fame player. Yeah, I know. Um, I really do. I, I think, especially during the '80s and uh, especially mm-hmm. on that '85 team. Uh, yeah, I, I would consider him a future Hall of Famer. Well, then they should do it. You know, I mean, God, I heard, you know, people are, you know, you talk about jumping to judgment. About two days after Thurman Munson died, they wanted to put him, they want to wave the five-year thing, put him right in. Somebody said that. I, I heard that being oh, talked about. I mean, yeah. so people get crazy, you know, but well, if, if he really out, deserves yeah, to be, I would want it to be when he's alive. That's right. right. Yeah, because he, yeah, just, just diagnosed with ALS came out about a year or two ago because a lot of people here in Austin, Earl Campbell and others, were doing fundraisers, you know, go to help him out and to do certain things. And a lot of people, Rick Flair was involved, all kinds of different people, uh, people in Chicago to help the guy out. So, I mean, he, he is a Hall of Famer. And if they're going to put him in, put him in while right. he's alive because yeah, well, LS, you never you know. know. Uh, Chris uh, Cliff Branch was put in this year, Chris, and he died a year or two ago. Uh, the thing that upset me, yes, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but he should have been put in when he was alive. Yeah, yeah. I think McMichael had just as good a stats as Dan Hampton, who's in the Hall, and he should be yeah. in the Hall as well. And also and also about the White Sox, I'm hope, hopefully the White Sox can uh, continue to can get back on track well, they got to play the Red Sox tomorrow, and that's a helpful thing to get to do you know. these days. Well, yeah, that, well was, that was that was helpful, but yeah. I, too bad we couldn't play the Red Sox the next for the next week. Yeah, it that doesn't matter because the Red Sox can lose to whoever. <laughs> okay, all right, Jamal. All right, I want your ice cream melt. Good job, uh, Pierre. Go ahead. Yeah, Teresa was wondering, didn't they do that for for Berto Clemente before the five years? Uh, yes, they, they did. They did. They did. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, that's right. And, of course, he had died, but they put him in the next Yeah, I think they did put him in the next year. Yeah. And, uh, and also, I can't believe I remember this, <laughs> but uh, Friday, it was 68 years ago that Roger Ban- Bannister broke the full mile. You know, four the minute four mile. Minute yep. mile. Right. Oh, wow. 78. Uh, yeah, 68. You're right, Pierre. For 1954, right? Wow. Right. And I That's remember. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't remember. I was just a little three years before I started following sports, well, but I sure knew about it when I grew up. Well, Pierre, Pierre, don't you remember? You remember 1913 when that other horse won the Kentucky Derby, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, he had money on him. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So any any other uh, calls, or are we going to go on here? That's that's it for the calls. Okay. Go the ahead. only other baseball note I had was it should be mentioned because it was kind of a wild thing. Josh Naylor of the Guardians last night uh, got eight RBIs, I guess. And in, in don't, game don't do that, Chris. You're going to upset yeah. Jamal again. Uh, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, he, he hit a grand slam. He should drop his ice cream. No kidding. <laughs> he, 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 he had a double earlier in the game and drove in a run. He hit a grand slam in the ninth and a three-run home run in the 11th. So he drove in eight RBIs and scored two runs also. So. Well, you know, the thing is, the, the Guardians slash Indians, whoever they are, they do it the way you're supposed to. They they do. It's understandable that they need bridge years. It's understandable that they go down. But they come back, and they were in the postseason four or five years ago. And, and you've got a good manager there. You've got a good general manager there. They build like the A's used to do. And they're the kind of if, – if you want to look at a small market team or what you want to call a small market team that does it the right way, a team like that is what you look at well, instead of – some of these foolish Tampa, teams. Cleveland and Tampa Bay are good examples. That's right. For for uh, not having a lot of money, but yet they and, Min- and Minnesota. And Minnesota, yeah, there are there they can and the Royals too sometimes. So yeah, yeah it can be done. Yep. Okay, for the NFL, and, and you know, look at the and with Minnesota, look at that contract with Carlos Fred. That's a a creative contract. It doesn't tie them up for ten or twelve years, nope. and yet there's they got a good player. They got a good player, and they're in a position to win a winnable division. You know, I mean, it's them and the White Sox probably, and that's just one other team as opposed to the division like the American League East with so many contenders. So there you go. And and remember, with the way his contract is structured, he's got two opt-outs. So if Minnesota plays well and he and he's on a winning team, chances are he just may stay there. So he might at least stay another year. Well, yeah. and if you and if you believe what you hear, Baldelli is one of these managers that players love. Mm-hmm. They they love the guy. So you know, right. that probably I, 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 that probably plays a role in you know do do I want to stay there? Well, he's yeah. from Rhode Island. You know, we always plug our uh, you do the Iowa people, we do the New England people. So there you go. Okay, uh, okay NFL. NFL. We, all right, so Thursday night. Now, I don't know what Rick's going to do. I, I think I, he's going to watch the Bruins, but he's going to. You've got a way to record the schedule show, Rick. Because uh, how are you going to do this? What are you going to do? I, it's a, it's a fast bingo with the last channel thing. Yeah, it? <laughs> okay. Because uh, the NFL schedule will be out on Thursday, but we do know a little bit. We know the three London games will be Minnesota at New Orleans. We don't know which weeks. <coughs> Minnesota and New Orleans, Green Bay and the Giants. That's a pretty uh, pretty yeah. marquee game to put over there. Not that the Giants are that good, but still. And it sounds like the Giants. Are giving up the home game because it's a yeah, day so. at the speaking of, Chris, speaking of London, by the way, baseball, back to that, they are going to have games in London at least for yeah. the next five years. Yeah, yeah starting and the Cubs year. and Cardinals are going to go, I heard. That's uh, this year, isn't it? Go. No, Is next it this year, year or next yeah. year? Is it next year? I heard it was next year. Yeah. And, the, and yeah, for those yeah. who are curious, by the way, the baseball schedules are coming out this week. We didn't say that. but That's right. That's right. Pierre has uh, checked. Pierre is our advocate. He has checked with Cloverdale. Yes, he because is. They're mailing and Jerry will get his first, and we'll all know. When Jerry he will. Jerry uh, will tell us. Okay, so anyway, Green Bay and the Giants, and then the other game is Jacksonville and Denver. Arizona and San Francisco are going to play in Mexico City, and then uh, and I guess and Tampa Bay and Seattle are going to play in Germany somewhere. That's correct. And yeah, all the, uh, yeah, and all the London games and the Germany game will be at nine thirty a.m. Eastern. Right. So the Seattle fans. Six thirty a.m. Seattle. Gina will yeah. be up at six thirty in the morning to to listen to her <laughs> beloved Seahawks. Yes. So uh, then we we She'll do be up the big... at six thirty, and then when the games start at eight thirty Central Time, I'm lucky to be up listening to them at eight thirty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So we did have the big news that came out today that Tom Brady is going to be the Fox analyst when he reti- when he really retires, you know, and, and they put into the paperwork. It's going to be a 10-year, $375 million contract. And uh, I think he's going to do a good job. I think he, he's got the media savvy. He's been doing interviews with on EEI for 20 years. You know, he's been uh, with Jim Gray all the time. Uh, the question is, will he criticize other players and do all that stuff? But, of course, as you get further away, you don't know the players as well. You know, right. you're in a different generation. So I think I, I could up. see Tom doing it because I yeah. could I could just could see him doing that. I, I think mm-hmm. he will. I got 375 million reasons why he'll be. That's correct. Yeah, a couple other schedule things. I know I missed the teams, but ESPN leaked about, I guess, week two. They're going to have a doubleheader, but it's going to overlap. Like one game will start on ESPN, and then an hour and a half later, ABC will have one. I can fill in those blanks. At seven fifteen on ESPN, it'll be Tennessee and Buffalo. And 8.30 on ABC, it'll be Philadelphia and uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, and and I know CBS gets the they announced on their morning show this, they get the late afternoon game on Christmas Day. I don't know what that is, but it's also going to be on Nickelodeon. So they're going to do the late, okay today that came out that uh, Seattle and Los Angeles. No, in no, LA. no, no, uh, I, think it's, I think Denver, Denver and the Rams. Uh, Denver, I mean, I'm Denver and the Rams. Yeah, yeah, because Russell Wilson, you're Russell getting Wilson, mixed Russell in. Wilson, yeah. I was thinking of Russell Wilson still. Yeah. In Seattle. Okay. Yeah, Denver, Denver and the Rams. Yeah, it is Denver and the Rams. I just saw that right now, and they're going to do a CBS and Nickelodeon. Fox will release one of their games tomorrow. They're all they're giving each partner their own day, and of course, Chargers Chiefs are going to be the opening game for Amazon. For Amazon on week two. Yeah, on week two at two. I don't yeah. know what do we know, opening. Do we know the opening game for the Rams? The the super, no. you know that Thursday night yet? Uh, no, no, but NBC NBC will. Uh, let's see. Fox NBC will have it. Yeah. Uh, Fox NBC will release theirs probably Thursday on the Today yeah. Show, and Fox will do theirs tomorrow on Fox and Friends. So. Right. But uh, NBC, okay. I'm, I'm my Rick, Rick, and my prediction is Buffalo at the Rams. That's what yeah. we say. Okay. But yeah. so we got so we got Tom Brady is uh, was drafted before one of the guys that he's going to play with this year, Logan Hall. Uh, the draft was on uh, April sixteenth of. Uh, of 2000, and uh, this kid was born on uh, April 22nd of 2000. Yeah. So he's been, I mean, hey, it happens to me, cause, but I get to work somewhere for 45 years. There's plenty of people <laughs> there that were, were not alive when I started, but that's, yeah. that's fine, yeah. you know, because uh, it's a little different when you play in the NFL. So it's supposed to be the not-for-long league, unless you're Tom. Yeah. So anyway, any other NFL notes? Oh, that's about it. So next week oh, we'll have... It. You know, any other schedule uh, items no. that we, that we uh, uh, no, come let, up with? Let me cover the Raiders thing real quickly, although it doesn't look like much is going to come out of this. The uh, president, and I forget his name, but he was fired on Friday for reporting uh, a hostile work environment to the NFL by the Raiders. And the NFL released a statement saying that we take all these allegations seriously. Uh, we will check into it, but so far nothing else has come out, so I don't know if there's anything to this or not, so I can't really comment other than, you know, what I just told you. Well, it takes a few days for any, anything to come out. It's not right. uh, anything one way or the other on that. But, but, if it came yeah. out on fr- but if it came out on Friday, and this is Tuesday, it's been a yeah. few days, I would have thought we'd have heard somebody. Yeah, and, yeah. well, my, my feeling is, and what they're talking about on the, on the Raiders station, is Mark Davis is, is what he's doing is he's getting rid of all the older employees that's been around since his dad was there. And he wants to bring in his, his own people, and, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I think that's all that's going on here. And I think there's a bitter employee trying to make accusations, is what it sounds like to me. 
Okay. So uh, anyway, so Sean, there were a few issues in college sports that kind of all tie together. So it's sort of one yeah. one ball of wax. Yeah, it all ties. It's one story, but there's several layers on this. Okay. Last week, first of all, uh, George Kliakov, the Pac-12 commissioner and the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, went up and met with two senators, one Democrat and one Republican. They hoped to meet with others, talking about a national uh, regulation over name, image, and likeness, kind of to get something done nationally because different states had different rules. Uh, the senators listened to them. They thanked them for that. They knew they had other bigger fish to fry going on right now in Washington, but the fact that they even took the time to listen to them. And then Gene Smith put out an article originally talking about how— And we know Gene Smith that, is Mr. Brilliant. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, I, but, okay, in this case— He's making sense. I'm, I don't defend Gene oh. Smith. He said he's saying, "Look, NCAA, you need to do something. You need to step up and do what you need to do, or else maybe it's time." I think that college football will break away from the NCAA. NCAA college football would not be a sanctioned NCAA sport. We can stay for the others because, like I said, ninety they love. That March Madness money, and they don't want to destroy that, even though NIL is just as big of an issue in college basketball and probably just as big of an issue in these smaller sports. It's just you don't hear about it as much because you have other things going on, you know. And I know for baseball it is, and it's going to, I think, it's helping baseball as far as players aren't going to go play minor league for $700 a month, they'll stay and play college baseball, but he's saying something needs to be done, and him and the Colorado athletic director and others, apparently they had a little meeting saying they were going to pitch some stuff to the NCAA, talking about what they needed to do is enforce stuff that's already there, as far as uh, con- boosters contacting uh, players who, re- you know, recruits who have not signed with teams, boosters who have uh, not contact boosters contacting people at one school and telling them if you come to my if well sign you if you transfer to the school that I'm affiliated with you know things like that there which he says is already on the book about somebody from one school affiliated officially or not contacting a player which can you know that's pretty still enrolled in another school or guys. someone who is not signed yeah so he has already he has already told them he said we do need to enforce and make it retroactive to the last ten months so that and he said we're going to send some other guidelines to the NCAA about you know kind of nationalizing where the NCAA should have done this in the first place but they didn't do their job and then today. After all, so they had their meeting. I guess they set ideas for it, but the NCAA didn't put out any new regulations. They just sent out a reminder telling the schools that boosters and or collectives, which these collectives are the same as a booster. It's just these are these organizations that are set up by alumni or former players with school that help get players some of these NIL deals or whatever, saying you are not allowed to contact recruits. Recruits cannot, you know, you're not allowed to offer them deals until they are signed with your school. You're not allowed to contact players that are at another school, and they're throwing in collectives. They're saying, we don't know if we're going to re- go after people, uh, in the, you know, otherwise, but we're going to go at, we're going to go after for the future. This, one of this goes back because you had a player transfer from Kansas State to Miami, basketball player, and the booster that he, this business that he signed a deal with announced that he was leaving Kansas State going to Miami. So the player didn't, but the person he signed this deal with did. So they're like, uh, you know, you need to, so we're going to see, they may use him as an example, but it's, I, th- it's I think be- probably my opinion of 
college athletes has changed a little bit. I used to think, oh, it's cool if they go to college or whatever, but now basically the college athletics is nothing more than open free agency. I think if they want to go to the NFL, the NBA out of high school, let them do it. Yeah, and the way I look at it also, if what they they didn't address anything of the transfer portal. I do. I like the transfer portal. I don't like the what's set out for a year, but they ought to have it to where you you have a two or three week window, late December, early January, and then a window, say the month, you know, like month of April, uh, and have it done by May first. And then say for basketball, say okay, the window right after your season till May first, and then maybe a time, you know, right before the fall semester. And there's ways you can do that. Instead of a play, you have players entering the transfer portal in October because they hear that somebody's getting a better deal or they don't like the playing time. That they, that's something they need to inquire, you know. But if they do this deal, if college football breaks away, I think you're going to see. I've heard about ten one FCS teams that may try to move up because Conference USA needs some members. So I've heard the Dakota School, Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin. I've seen Northern Iowa saying, you know what, yep. let's get into this college football playoff deal. And, you know, if we're a group of five, depending on how they're included, whether it's just uh, and a, at a school and those schools like the Dakota schools in Northern Iowa, they're go- the way that they are now to, if they're going to be relevant, probably they're going to have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. They got to think that. And if Sam Houston goes, Stephen F. Austin will go with them because they kind of go together. So you can see it. There's about 10 schools I've heard that are, I mean, James Madison did it. And, you know, they've been a powerhouse in one double A. But I, that's all pretty much I had. So I guess I guess I can go ahead and shut us, send us on. Do home, we do, right? Well, you do have the Dick Vitale story, right? Give me that one. Real quick. Yeah, I told the Dick. Yeah, I did that in the panel. Dick yeah, did you get that one? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's anyway, we anyway, you don't. First of all, remember, anniversary show, Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here, this same channel here on the Worldwide Legend. And you can download the podcast anytime, uh, legendoldies.com, Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher, or uh, tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts or the Sports Lounge Live podcast from TuneIn, or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine, and come back next week. We've got a full week of sports. And, we'll have and the we'll final be- four in, ba- in the NBA. We'll have the final eight in hockey, and uh, yep. some of this chaos will be over, and uh, we'll some the, of us will be happy PGA and some of us won't. We'll be getting ready for the Preakness, the PGA Championship, and more in baseball, and we'll see what's going on. So see you next week.